0: we are downtown we are historic we are family we are scriptural
1: we are first baptist church good morning everybody morning so glad you're here uh, we're going to start with scripture this morning we'll see we'll do a uh, psalm 33 11 through 12. follow along The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plan of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. And so with that in mind, we all stand and we will sing together God of our fathers. So friends, with a big smile, turn to each other and welcome each other. Go.
0: Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are grateful that you are here this morning. If you are a guest with us, we would love to get to know you. You'll find a a guest card in the pew back in front of you. It looks like this. We'd love for you to to put your name on there and put it in the offering plate at the end of the service um, so we can get to know you a little bit. You'll also see on the back what we expect of our church, of our members. And so I hope you take the time to to look at the backside of that as well. But now we gather for worship. And we gather following this July 4th holiday. What a a beautiful holiday it was. And in fact, we're even reminded this week in our text, Exodus 20 verse five, that the land that we have is the land that the Lord God has given. And so every blessing that we have living in this country, living on this earth at this time, we praise our Lord God above. In fact, that's why we come into this place together. We come to lift up his name and we say thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you, Lord, for this land and thank you, Lord, for this day. And so we lift him up and we're gonna continue to do that well uh, as we move forward in worship. So let's pray and we'll continue. Father, we know that every good and perfect gift is from above. Every parcel of land that we set foot on Was created at your hand, set aside by you. And Lord, we are grateful. You have been overly generous to us, as families, to us as a church family. You have been good. And so we lift our heart and souls up to you this morning and praise your name. And we say thank you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. As we've studied the Ten Commandments together, Aaron challenged us to walk through Psalm 119 um, as we do. And so we, we will. And you'll see it on the screen next to you. We're going to read Psalm 119 um, starting in verse 81 this morning. And so listen carefully as I read from Psalm 119. And listen carefully for the call back to God's Word, back to God's commandments. Psalm 119, 81. My soul languishes for your salvation. I wait for your word. My eyes fail with longing for your word while I say, when will you comfort me? Though I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? The arrogant have dug pits for me, men who are not in accord with your law. All your commandments are faithful. They have persecuted me with a lie, help me. They almost destroyed me on earth, but as for me I did not forsake your precepts. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. You establish the earth and it stands. They stand this day according to your ordinances for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have revived me. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me. I shall diligently consider your testimonies. I've seen a limit to all perfection. Your commandment is exceedingly broad. May God bless the reading
1: of his word. We're going to sing a, a hymn where we sing of a, of a God who is worthy, who is our defender, our protector, our shield. He is he's, uh, he's our God that is strong to save. So when we stand up and we sing, sing it from the bottom of your toes. Just really give it all you've got. We're, we're here to worship, but we're also here to pray while we sing. So let's do that. Stand up.
0: Our time of children's sermon is going to be a bit different today. If children, if you want to come down, come come sit on the front row because, so y'all sit down in the front row if you're coming down from the sanctuary, because this morning we have a special time. We are going to pray for all of our kids going to children's camp. So if you're not going to children's camp, have a seat on the front. So come sit, sit back, sit back. If you are going to children's camp, come sit right up here, right up here. If if you aren't going to children's camp, you can kind of sit right down out here. All right, perfect. Good job. Good job. Come on in, everybody. So this morning, we are about to send a group of 65 uh, children and uh, counselors together. 65 total are about to get on buses and head to children's camp. And so this morning, we're going to make sure and we're going to pray over them. So, yeah, y'all coming in, keep coming on in, come on, come on in. We can gather around, get everybody down here. Good. Man, the green looks so good. Y'all look really good this morning. Yeah, get everybody in here. Good job. Well done. We are so blessed in this church to have a vibrant children's ministry. Jimmy Gunn, we are thankful for you, thankful for your hard work. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago we had Vacation Bible School. It was a resounding success. Thank you, Jimmy. And now we have this, uh, yeah, thank you, Jimmy, for that, well done. And now we have this remarkable group of kids that are about to spend uh, almost a week together Um, at camp. And so we're gonna pray that they are safe traveling uh, and they're gonna go to Camp Zephyr down near Corpus Christi. Um, and they're gonna be gone before our service is over. That's why we're gonna take the time right now to pray for them. So those of us who are not going to children's camp, so all of us, the children on the front row, what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray that they have a great week, that they learn what they need to learn this week, that they have fun together, that they're safe, and that God teaches each one of them this week. And so we're gonna have a moment in just a minute, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a moment of silence and you can just pray silently for them. So I want you to practice praying for them. Ask God to do something good for these that are going to camp. And then you out here in the congregation, you can do the same thing. And then I'm gonna close this in prayer for that, okay? So let's just take a minute and let's pray silently and then I'll pray over them. So let us pray together. Our Lord God, we thank you for this group of students who are spending the next several days together. Lord, we pray that your spirit would be upon them. Lord, that you would protect them, giving them traveling mercies. Lord, that you would guide them as they study this week. Lord, we pray this would be the week that that your spirit gets a hold of them and shows them who you are. And we pray that it would be a beautiful, wonderful experience together. Lord, we pray that they would have fun and build new relationships. Lord, we pray that through this time they would build deep and lasting friendships that would last forever. And Lord, that you would begin working on them now to teach them who they're going to be. Lord, help them to, to grow, to become great men and women of God and let it begin this week. And Lord, we just look forward to how you're gonna use them and take care of them as only you can. Lord, we pray for Jimmy and the rest of the leaders that are going, Lord, that you would Show them your grace. Help them to know your peace this week. And Lord, we pray this would be a perfect week, perfect week of children's camp. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. All right, guys, we love you, and we're gonna miss you. Be safe while you go, okay?
1: I marvel every week, it just seems to explode and get bigger. There's a lot of hands and feet in there. What a blessing. You know, I was reading the, the next hymn we're going to do. It's 507 Would You Bless Our Homes and Families? When our way is anxious walking and a heavy path we plod. There's anxiety out there. I know you go through it. I go through it. Sometimes just seems really uh, palpable, real. You can touch it. It has a life of its own. And that's when I, most of the time will turn to God. Sometimes I wait a little too long, but I turn to God and he helps me walk through it. And he will do the same for you. He always will, he will the next part of this is when our way no it's a from the homes in which we're nurtured with the love that shapes us there teach us god to claim as family everyone whose life we share everyone whose life we share church your family you're my family and i'm your family and it's it's a good thing we're here to help each other with our own burdens uh, with each other's burdens and it's just really good to know that we're, we're not alone. And, and if God is with us, we, there's just nothing that can't be helped, that can't be solved. So would you stand and keep this in mind as we're, we're again praying through singing uh, for God to bless our homes and families. Stand up.
0: Weren't those children beautiful? Isn't that a a beautiful representation of, of who we are as church? I was grateful that they're getting to go and do that this week. You, you'll wanna pull out your listing sheet. Let me give you a little bit of instruction here as we begin, we're, we're gonna read the, the text together. The text is on one side. If you remember, we're working down through the 10 Commandments, so this week we are on uh, Fifth Commandment, Exodus 20 verse 12, but we're, going to, we're building up each week, so we're reading more and more texts each, each week. So this week we're going one through 12, we're gonna read all that together. So you notice on the other side on your listening sheet, you've got some fill in the blanks today. We don't normally fill in the blank or I don't normally have you fill in the blank but this week you are and so we've got some extra room on there for you to fill in those um, as you pay attention as we work down through the sermon and the the text is on the other side. So let's go ahead and, and find that and let's stand together and we're gonna read Exodus 21 through 12. This then is the text for today then god spoke all these words saying i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of slavery you shall have no other gods before me you shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth you shall not worship them or serve them for i the lord your god am a jealous god Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or female servant or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. You know that your college courses are getting difficult when you find yourselves waiting through footnotes. You know, I, was, I remember there was a time in college when I didn't read the footnotes, that it almost seems like I could be more efficient if I didn't read them. You know, we get to some of these scholarly works where you'd have one paragraph of text and then seven footnotes, right, where 75% of the page is footnotes explaining things that were explaining things that were explaining things. It all seemed to be too much. And so it made, it made reading all the more efficient if you didn't read the footnotes. You could breeze through an article in no time if you overlooked footnotes. But it didn't take long to figure out that the footnotes are where the real clarification took place. See, and most of the time when you, you get these, these technical, art, technical articles that you have to read, footnotes is where the, the jargon was explained. It's where certain thoughts were justified so you could make sense of the author's argument. And you know, that, that may be exactly what we need for these 10 Commandments. We need some holy footnotes to help us clean up the wild neglect of these verses. Far too often, we make all of these commandments what we want to suit our purposes rather than let them govern as God intended. Because God intended each one of these to govern our lives very specifically. But without a little bit of clarification, we can run wild with what we want them to mean. So we need some footnotes this morning. We need some footnotes to help us understand how this passage, Exodus 20 verse 12, applies to us specifically today. You know, if if we had footnotes in the text, it would start with the very first word, honor. So you would get the first word of this this verse, you get to honor and then you'd see a footnote. In fact, you'd probably have to see a couple of footnotes there after the word honor because our natural tendency when we hear a word like honor, is to, to assume that we are the one do honor. In all of our egotistical selves, we just think, well, I should be the one that's do some kind of honor. And so we imagine how people should be treating us. Or, or we, we think through uh, all those things, we start to remember all the sporadic moments of chivalry we've ever had in our lives, the things that we've managed along the way, and we start to think, you know what? They should be honoring me today. In fact, whatever this group of people, whoever we're around, our or children, or coworkers, whoever, you know, I think I deserve some honor. Some of us go so far as to believe that, that we deserve honor just because we exist. And so because we exist, we think we need to be treated by whatever standard we have dreamed up. And so we dream up these standards of honor that I should be treated. And remarkably, as you work down through the scripture, scripture cares little at all about these kinds of things. God here in this text is not saying you deserve any honor at all, but that you should be the one honoring others. Your role here is not to figure out how to get people to honor you, but to figure out how you can honor others. Even for parents, don't read this verse as a parent, read it as a child. Read it as if it was written to you. Now you see this same sentiment, which is honor. You see it through the scriptures, o- Old and New Testament alike. To, to treat others the way you wanna be treated, honor them, lift them up. A, sm- a mark of spiritual growth is learning how to treat the people around you well. To love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus harkens back to Leviticus and Deuteronomy when he says these things. And then Jesus goes even further, instructing us to to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us in Matthew 5. You know, we we look up to God and we're angry for how people have treated us. And and so we, we look up to him and say, God, how can this be? How can they treat me this way? Why am I finding no honor on this earth? And God lovingly reminds us in those prayers, treat them with honor. Treat them with holy love. It might be your enemies, your family, those that have not treated you well, those you've seen evil in. God says, treat them with honor. Show show them a holy love. That's kind of footnote number one around that word honor. And then there may even be a second footnote A number of the scholars as I was studying for this text this week all made this specific point that when you break down our text for today, verse twelve, and you get to that first word honor, most of them quickly run and immediately jump to governmental authority. And they argue that this fifth commandment is is linked with Deuteronomy 17, and and is looking forward to Romans 13, which reminds us that a faithful child of God humbly submits to the authorities that God has placed over their lives. Whatever authority that you find over you today, you, you humbly submit to them, that you give them honor because of the position that they hold. And in fact, it's only in the most egregious of circumstances do you ever disobey those authorities. Whoever it is, it's, it's your, your family, your parents, your bosses, the, the government that you find yourself under, whoever it is, you, you honor them. And you lift them up before the Lord. So maybe we find that footnote around the word honor this morning too. So you see, just, just in the first word of our verse for today, we are compelled to put others before ourselves. We are compelled to submit to the authorities that God has placed in our lives. And all of it is a reminder that the way we treat people, the way we treat the people that God has placed in our lives is a gauge of spiritual growth. In fact, we, get, we can look at the, at the way that we're treating the people who surround us and we can know how our walk with the Lord is going. says, it's, it's, it's as if the deeper your faith, the better you treat your family. The deeper your faith, the better you treat the stranger. The, the deeper your faith, the better citizen you become. And so with that, even in that word honor, we hear this footnote that God has placed a high calling on each one of our lives for us to serve well in spite of how you're treated. It doesn't doesn't matter what they have done. It doesn't matter what they haven't done. What matters is that you serve well, right? And so we disregard what what they're doing and and you are responsible between you and yourself, you and the Lord, and you look up to him in obedience and you serve well. See, now, now we'll move on to the next footnote. And as we do, we walk towards perilous territory we got honor, and then we move specifically, honor your father and your mother. And I want you, as you, you have your listening sheets there, you need to underline there, underline your um, in there, and we're gonna, we're gonna start filling in some blanks here in just a minute. Underline your there. Because parents for some 3,000 years have wielded this verse as a guilt bomb to demand behavior. Right? As, the, as the text is written, we, we, start, we start imagining our kids here. That this text is written to you this morning, not your kids. We have a a terrible tendency with a verse like this to to start thinking of all the other people in our lives who need to hear this. But God has brought this text before us this morning because you need to hear it. He's saying this, this verse, honor your father and mother, is for you this morning. It's not for those kids who just walked out that door headed to children's camp. There's a word for you in here. Honor your father and your mother. You know, you're called to, to live this out, personally, specifically. Not to enforce it in someone else's life, but for you to live it. And, and it's probably best for us to remember at this point that, that your kids learn by watching your behavior anyway. They're, they're going to pick up honor as you faithfully live it. If, if you're honoring the people that are around you, if you're honoring the, the authority that sits above you, your children are gonna notice that. And they're gonna live that out. So let's talk about some ways that we can do that this morning. We have got 10 different ways. I read a number of scholars this week On this verse, I'm going to give you a compilation of the ten things that they said. We put them all together. That these are ways that we can live this out together, honoring your father and mother. This, this is what honoring your father and mother means. And again, this, this is for all of us in this room. This isn't left um, to our kids or to our teenagers. This, this is for you. And in fact, this is for you even as you care for aging parents. This is for you even if you have evil parents. This is for you even if your parents have passed. We still honor them. Honor them this day. Now, one of the ways as we work down through this list, I'm going to give you you 10. We're going to run through each of these quickly and you can write them down. So one of the ways that you can do this is you can serve both of them. Serve your father and your mother and you serve them personally. So this is literally take care of them. Bake them a cake cake, fill up their car with gas, those kinds of things, and you do it. This isn't something for you to farm out to somebody else. This isn't something for the, the grandkids to do for their grandparents. This is for you to do for your father and your mother. Right? Serve your mom and dad. Now we do have to be careful here, and we have to be careful in this text because oftentimes when we hear this text, honor your father and mother, and especially as we come to it as adults, what people often assume is First Timothy 5. Because in 1 Timothy 5, there's a very specific biblical call for us to care for our aging parents. And so often we read this and we hear, well, we need to serve our aging parents, which is true, we do. Um, however, th- this is true whether your parents are aging or not, right? This, this is true no matter what uh, stage of life your parents are in, you serve them well and do what you can for them. And so this, this fifth commandment calls us to care for them whatever stage of lives both of us find ourselves in. So number two, give your father and mother respect. So think, think about how you would treat a dignitary or celebrity if they came into your home. So your parents you don't need to be treated just like any other person but with notoriety, right? Oftentimes we're, we're too familiar and when we're too familiar and too close, things become just habit. And in fact we just kinda run past each other in the day and we don't even consider the depth of the relationship that happens between parent and child. And so treat with dignity, with notoriety when you're with your parents. Number three is recognition. You give them special attention. Help them to to literally be acknowledged um, as parents who took care of you as a child. Even as you walk through difficult days yourself, Um, give your parents the recognition they deserve for being the parents that, that they could be and they needed to be. Number four is, is maybe the most literal uh, translation of this text is give their name weight. And so in their presence or not in their presence, so if you're, even if your parents are, are, are no longer with us, you can give their name weight where you praise them and talk them up for the good that they did in your lives. The good things that they made happen for you and with you. You lift up their name and call their name as something good and so you give recognition there, um, give their name weight. Number five is listen to your mother and father. One of the simplest and most profound ways you can honor someone is actually listen to them when they talk. Take time to hear the words that they are saying so that with them, you sit in front of them. You give them the specific attention that they deserve and that they need from you. And so when they say something, you take it as authoritative and you chew on it If your parents once told you something that rattles around in the back of your mind, you take it, you chew on it, you do as you can with it. Number six is you need to to speak with your father and mother and do so carefully that your mouth can edify them or it can tear them down. And so you choose your words wisely when you're with them and make sure you lift them up with the words that you're using around them. Reverence, and what, This one we mean here is you try to understand where your mother and father were coming from. There's a lot of decisions that your mother and your father made that were probably difficult and you don't understand um, where they were coming from when they made those decisions. And so here we say give your parents the benefit of the doubt. Honor them by giving them that benefit of the doubt. Um, Obey them prompt and cheerfully. uh, And give them gratitude, so number, number eight is obey, nine is gratitude. So you say thank you and say thank you often. Number 10 is apologize, we say I'm sorry because all of us went through those times in our lives when we were seeking out independence and we tried to rip ourselves away from our parents and there are things that we need to apologize for and say I'm sorry. And you know for those of us who don't have our our parents with us anymore, these last two, is a good place to start is with gratitude and being apologetic. Where sometimes it it does, we we get emotional when we hear these things and our parents are no longer with us. And so what we do is we go and sit before the Lord and the things that we need to say thank you for, we say thank you to the Lord. The things that we need to apologize for, we get on our knees in repentance before the Lord and repent to Him. There's there's, There's no better ways for us to honor our parents than in those and to sit before God, give Him gratitude and be repentant before Him. And these are just 10 ways that you can honor your father and mother. Now, there's a lot more there. This is not exhaustive. This is just, is for us to get started here. And and the heart of the commandment is for you to be intentional here about honoring your parents. And you to be intentional and seek out ways that you can love them and honor them today in whatever stage of life they are. You can honor them well. There's no point in our lives where where this commandment um, becomes exempt for us we still honor our parents. And so in this, when we find ways to be obedient to this, we're finding ways to be obedient to our God. And in that, as we're obedient to our God, God is going to find ways to bless that effort. In fact, what you're going to see as you begin to seek ways to honor your father and mother, and you do it as obedience unto the Lord, it's gonna cause your life to bloom in ways that you're not capable of. It's gonna cause you to grow up and be a new person. As the Holy Spirit begins to work in you through this, God's gonna honor that obedience and work a new work in your life and in your heart. It's going to be a mighty thing. Now there's another footnote that comes next. We, we might need to, to set the, the stage for it. It's kind of the footnote on that last footnote. But everything that you have, even your existence comes from God above. God has given you your breath. So we, we think of ourselves as born into a family and born unto our parents, which is true. But the life that we have didn't come from our parents, it came from our God. And God has given you breath and God has given you this earth and for us that means we are not our own. You know, you learn this from your parents as you grow. You understand that as a child, you belong to them. And, and as you grow into adulthood, your parents are not preparing you for independence. See that's often what we want, that's what our selfish nature desires is for us to find this way of freedom and independence where we can rip ourselves away from our parents and finally be free unto ourselves. But let me uh, me remind you of something scriptural this morning. That is not what our parents are preparing us for and that is not where honoring our father and mother leads. In fact, your parents are preparing you for how to live with a redeeming and saving Lord over your lives, that you are, you are never your own, nor do we independently own anything on this earth apart from our Lord. You see, before we get to the promise of commandment five, we understand that the land of the earth is the Lord's and it's his to give. And so that, that's what sets the stage for this, this next footnote that we need to get to. At the end of this text is a reminder that your parents are not the be all and end all of this life, but there's some parameters that surround honoring your father and mother. In fact, there, there's some that we need to work through here that how honor might change. And so when we get to that honor your father and mother, there are some parameters that might change how this is lived out. One of, one of those is age, that the older you get, the way you change, uh, you will change the way you honor your parents. That's, that's number one on your next list there, is it, age is going to change how you honor your parents. In fact, there's a time where you're gonna come uh, to a point where you will have to nurture your parents like they once nurtured you. And even in that moment when the, rev- when the roles reverse, you're still called to honor them and honor them well. It's not permission to, to forego this commandment, but we will still honor them as age takes its toll. Another, another way that honor changes is in discipleship. That Jesus reminds us in the gospels that though we love our parents and, and though we are obedient to them, we love and obey God first. And so when we take any step of independence, right, so when, when we begin to, to move out of the, the family that we grew up in and we take steps of independence, And when we begin to do that, we take that independence and we place it in the hands of Jesus Christ. And so we now say that that I am yours and I belong to you and I will follow you wherever you go. And anything that, that I want or desire is now laid at the feet of the cross. And so that we are first a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's how we think of ourselves, even in honoring our parents, that we are first a disciple of Jesus Christ even before we are a child of our parents. Third, the third thing on your list, marriage reframes this commandment. In the creation story, we are told and taught that if you are married, your relationship to your parents changes. You leave your father and mother and you cleave um, to your wife, cleave to your spouse. And that becomes your family. And so even in that, that, how you honor your father and mother becomes different. And both of you have to respect that line, but still the commandment stands. Honor your father and mother. And similar to the discipleship one, this is number four. If, if your parents ask you to do anything contrary to scripture or the way of Jesus Christ, you must disobey. Now the reality is that some of us have evil parents. The reality is, is some of us have had parents that steered us in terrible directions. And there have been times by the, the person of Jesus Christ we have to disobey that authority that's in our life. But even still, this commandment stands, right? Even still, as we do so, we do so respectfully. That that it is possible for you to disobey your parents respectfully when that is the case. When there is something evil or something that is against the Lord our God and we have to take a stand, we still take that stand respectfully before our God. And so all that is to say, we belong to God first and foremost. The first four commandments remind us uh, of this. It reminds us of our position in the universe. It reminds us of our position with God that this is commandment number five, not commandment number one. And so what we understand in all of this is that God is the one that's in control of all of this. And as God is the one who's in control, the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe has left us with a beautiful promise here. Right in the middle of the commandments is this amazing promise the promise of his blessing. see, what God tells us here is is his great provision is available to us this morning. And what he's calling on us to do is to be obedient to him. He says, if you will be resolved to be obedient to me and listen to the words that I say, and, and if you will this week intentionally find ways to obey this commandment, the blessing of God will come upon your life. In fact, his great provision that provided the earth itself is available to us. The, the power that spoke all of this into existence is available to us. And he's saying, to, to those that are obedient to me, they will flourish. Those that are obedient to me, they will know life like nothing else on this earth. And that's what God, God is laying these Ten Commandments out in front of me. He's saying, follow me, do, do, do this and see what happens because you've tried some of these things on your own and it fell apart. So, so listen to me and see what happens, how you can know my blessing. And so in this place, we are gonna see and know God's blessing as we are resolved to be obedient to him. And that's what we need to commit to do this morning. We are gonna commit to be obedient to the Lord our God. And as we do, we can't wait to see what our God will do. You see, if we obey him and honor the people that surround us, this land will be ours. You know, in Exodus, they're, they're talking about the promised land that's coming. But God's promise still rings true. If you will be obedient to me, the blessing of God will pour down on your life and upon your land. So, may we commit to be obedient to the Lord our God. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this time. We're grateful for the the people that you've placed in our lives, the time in which we live, the place in which we live, our parents our church family you have been more than gracious with us and Lord as we consider this fifth commandment Lord help us to be obedient to you to know how to listen to your spirit and follow you daily It's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. We're going to have our time of response now, and we pray that everybody in here responds to God in some way. There's a few ways listed at the bottom of your listening sheet. There's three ways there that you, you may want to, to respond to God, and, and so we pray you'll take the time to do that. Um, Brian and I are up here. We will receive you if you want to come talk about our church or talk about accepting Christ. This is the time to do that come down and speak with us we're here the altar is open some of us need to come down and pray so let's do that together we're going to sing we're going to give and as we do that we're going to do that cheerfully from the bottom of our heart as obedience unto the lord so we call you to consider these things not as just a habit of what's next but as a step of obedience that god is going to honor So if you need to remain seated uh, to respond, please do so. Um, For the rest of us who need to stand, let us stand and let's respond. along with me as we consider our prayer life of the church um, we have said often that prayer is ultimately important to us here and so one of the ways that we live that out is through our pray first prayer prompts and so this is our one for this week father Christian parents surrounded by your church have the intense and unbelievable assignment of raising children who love you and obey you help us as their parents and their church Paint a picture of what it means to be aiming for eternity while living in this world. We will rely on the power of your Son to do so. Amen. Well done, Jesus, well done. Uh, I think we have now Tara coming up. Tara going to lead us um, in a Judson Day testimony. If you do not know Tara, She is is an amazing member of our staff who helps lead our international congregations. And you need to know her. She has done remarkable work leading. We now have five international congregations that meet with us. We've started um, sending some out and planting their own churches. And Tara has been an amazing sort piece of that work. And she's going to come help us better understand Judson Day. So thank you, Tara.
2: Hello, my name is Tara Kuba, and I am a staff member of the First Baptist Church, San Antonio. I work as an administrative assistant for international ministry. There are five congregations that are involved in our ministry, and they are Lao Thai, Karen Karani, Zomi and Myanmar. In 2008, the Burmese refugees came to San Antonio, and since then, our church, The Church has been helping them for their physical and spiritual need. On behalf of the International Ministry, I would like to say thank you for your love, support and thoughts and prayers. In Burma, the second week of July has been recognized as a Judson Day, which was the day that the first American missionary, Adonai and N. Jetsons, arrived in Burma in 1813 July 13 every year the Baptist churches in Burma and many of the churches in US celebrate the lives of the Jetsons family therefore the coming Sunday July 14 the international families will celebrate the Jetson day and it will be our fifth celebration and this time Reverend Wayne Williams our international minister will preach in the service and each congregation will sing the songs in their language. The worship service will start at 2 p.m. and we will meet at the 4th Street Crossing. After worship service, fellowship meal will follow and it will be at the fellowship hall in this main building. You all are invited and it will be a great celebration of the lives of the Jetsons family, thank you.
0: Thank you, Tara. Uh, A few things from me, one, church conference is this evening, we had to move it back a week from last week, so we have church conference tonight at 6 p.m., please be uh, aware of that. Also be aware, we are doing great work in downtown San Antonio, Byron Pitts does an amazing job for us as our uh, community missions uh, ministry, and so we're grateful for him. One of the things that he's doing to help us connect further with downtown San Antonio is a downtown mission trip, July 24th through 27th. And so we hope that any way you can help us be involved in this downtown mission work, uh, we hope you'll come. We hope you'll contact Byron and help to know better ways for, um, and find better ways to to serve in downtown San Antonio. And so we hope you'll come and be a part of that. And that's out of a a greater sort of mission of this church. You know, we we, um, love our mission work and we do mission work all over the world. In fact, this week, we've had four different teams out. And so if you know, right outside these doors, there's three flags that are standing. And we hope you take the time to look at those because when you, have, when you see those three flags that are standing outside these doors, that means we have people from our church family serving in those locations uh, presently. And so those three flags represent four different teams right now. One, team's in Uganda. Uh, one team actually, they just got back from Dominican Republic, so that they're, they're here today. And then we have our our big team that goes to Jemez New Mexico is left, so the Jemez team is out. And then also uh, Aaron uh, and Seth are with our youth choir in Washington, D.C., being a witness there. And we're grateful for that. And we're grateful that they can be there and do that. And so um, please be in in prayer for all of those teams and all that work of this church. And I also want to give special recognition, Tom uh, Tillman is here playing for us today in Seth's absence. Uh, Tom is uh, from the BGCT and just want to thank you, Tom, for playing, thank you for being here today. I hope you'll get to know Tom as well. So it, it's um, been a good day, but I do have one sad um, life together moment. Uh, our college minister, Taylor Pfeiffer, he and his wife are moving to Hawaii. And today is their last Sunday, I believe they're over in Lagos right now, um, but if you see Taylor and Hannah, uh, tell them you love them. Uh, they have done tremendous work here in their time here. And so we're grateful for them and, and we want to see them out well too. So to know today is, is Taylor's last Sunday. And so Brian, we mourn with you. He's worked closely with Brian and so we're, we're grateful for Taylor. Oh, where is he? Oh, he is not here. Oh, there's Taylor, there's Hannah. I was talking about them like they weren't here. Taylor, we love you. Hannah, we love you. Uh, we're grateful for y'all. We hope you'll, you'll come back soon, I'm so grateful. Uh, one, one more, uh, you see these flowers in front of me, they're given to the glory of God and um, in celebration of the 30th anniversary of Jim and Judy Vasil. So we praise God for, for that family um, and for them and that 30th anniversary. We are grateful. Uh, so, with that, I'm going to hand it back over to Jesus.
1: Let us all stand and sing as we're dismissed.